Welcome to the Sarah Centrella Show. Join best-selling author, master life coach, and manifesting expert Sarah Centrella as she shares tips, tools, and inspiring interviews to help you create your dream life. It's time to hustle and thrive. Now, here's your host, Sarah Centrella. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Sarah Centrella Show. And I could not be more freaking excited for today's show because I feel like it has been um, a long time in coming for us to just be able to have this conversation. I know the readers of Possibly Received who are out there um, love this guy and have been like hitting me up in the DMs for five years or however long it's been since I first started this podcast going, when is Kenyon Barner coming on the show? So welcome to the show, Kenyon. Could not be more thrilled to have you on. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. And people, I'm here. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. We're so excited. And uh, about halfway into the show today, uh, everybody, I have a special guest joining as well. So uh, stay tuned for the whole episode for that to come through. But um, Kenyon, this is a conversation that I have just wanted to have with you for, for such a long time. I mean, you've done so much since we last caught up with you and Hustle Wave Receive. Um, gosh, I feel like that was, I mean, that was 2015. You were playing, right? But like you hadn't won a Super Bowl yet. No, not yet. Not yet. Oh my God. And wait, how many rings do you have now? Three. <laughs> three. Oh, three. just three. Just three Super just Bowl three. rings. No, something light, light three. It's, it's no big deal. <laughs> It's nothing crazy. No, no. <laughs> oh my God. So we have so much to get into, but um, what I would love to kind of start with, and we always do on the show is we talk about like the journey to get here. You didn't just wake up a three-time Super Bowl champion. You, right. know? you didn't wake up an Oregon legend. There were a lot of tough times you went through. There was a lot of work. There was a lot of hustle. So take us back. Like where did the journey to become a football legend start for you? Like how did that progress? How'd you get here? This journey started back on Cheryl Lane in Southern California. Um, growing up, growing up in a household with my older brothers, my sister, my mother, and my father. Um, so it started back probably about the age of four years old. You know, um, as far as football goes, you know, I would play in the front yard. With my brothers, my brothers are all older than me, so I always play with the older kids. Uh, play in the front yard with them. They'd sneak me up to the park, go to the park, play with the older kids. Um, Finally got an opportunity to play organized sports. I believe I was about 11 years old when my mom finally said yes. Um, it took my neighbor, Janae Eddington, convincing my mom. She had been asking for years. Your mom was smart. She was holding off. <laughs> oh, she was very, listen, when I, when, I, when I got to high school, my mom didn't know I was playing football. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, um, I was coming home a little bit later on in the evening. What are you coming home so late for? I was studying. Oh uh, wow! I bet you got in trouble when you got found out. Yeah, because we had a deal. Um, when I first played organized sports, she said I could play, but the minute I got hurt, I was done with football. And it's football; something's right. gonna happen. Something's gonna happen. So I ended up getting hurt, finished that season, and she never let me play again until I was old enough to make my own decision. Wow. And, uh, about my freshman year but this journey has been a like you said it's been a long grueling unsatisfying satisfying heartbreaking heart filling um you know every emotion that you can think of you know I've, I've experienced along this journey uh but this uh 
you know, they started back with my brothers and my dad. Uh, so it started as an advocate, you know, realizing that I had a talent. Um, and I told my dad one day, I think, I think this is in a book. It might be in a book. Um, yeah, probably. Yeah. But, um, one day I was getting supposed, supposed to be getting ready for basketball practice and dad called, get up. Are you up? No, I'm not. Okay. We'll get up. We got to get ready for practice. Call right back. Are you up? No, I told you to get up. Um, still not up. He gets to the house, comes in my room. I'm still laying in bed. What are you doing? I don't want to play basketball no more. Um, I want to play football. I said, you don't play football. You know, you play, you're a basketball player. I said, well, I'm going to the NFL. And I was about 12 <laughs> years old. And I had never, no, this was before I played organized ball. So it's probably about 10. And um, I had never played a down, down of football in my life outside of being in the front yard. And um, told him then. And so that's, that's you can say that's when this journey started. When um, wow. I told my dad that I was going to the NFL and Janae Eddington finally got my mom to let me play ball. Wow. I love that so much. And, and, you know, in the book, one of the steps, and I think it's probably where your story is, is in say it, because it's all yeah. about like, you know, putting, putting that out into the universe, like, and there is something, I mean, you remember it, right? You, you remember yeah. when you're 10 years old, you remember the exact moment that you like declared it and said, this is what's yeah. going to happen. Um, you had at 10, no idea what it was going to take. You had no idea how hard it was going to no be. Idea. None no. of that, but you just, new and you put it out there and then like once you do that then we do want to step up we don't want to like fall on our face and prove ourselves wrong you know like, i'm never gonna lie to myself yeah. um you know once i verbalized that out of my mouth and told my dad that's what i wanted to do when i finally got the opportunity to do it i was going to prove myself right um so when you, when you when you speak it you know, it's it's in it's in the atmosphere. Now it's on you to go out there and make it happen. It's on you to do the work. It's on you to grind, workouts, run, workouts, get around people that know the game better than I did, get around somebody that can teach me the game, get a trainer, do all this different stuff in order to prepare yourself for what you want. Because if you're not going to do it, nobody else is going to do it for you. And that was something that I learned at a very early age. You know, that's something my parents instilled. There's nothing in this world that's going to be given to you. Anything and everything that you want, you're going to have to earn. You have to go take. You have to go get it yourself. I love that. I mean, and I think like what you what you said in the beginning, like I don't lie to myself. Like that's so huge. I think there's so many people out there who the first person they're breaking their word to is themselves. You know, like they'll keep their words to their kids or they'll keep their words to their partner or whatever, but, uh, you know, they'll make a promise to themselves and it's the first thing to go. And I always say like, you have to build trust with yourself. You, yeah. the same way that you expect trust from somebody else. And if they lie to you, all of a sudden you don't trust them so well, you know, same yeah. thing is true for yourself. Like, and I'm the same way. If I put it out there, man, I know ain't nothing going to come between me and it. It might be years, but I'm going to get it because I put it out there. Like, yeah. One of my favorite things to say to people, uh, the strongest man in the world is a man who can look himself in the eye, address himself, look in the mirror, acknowledge his own faults, and make the adjustments. And that goes hand in hand with putting something out there. If you want to go get it, um, yeah. you'll lie to yourself, you'll lie to anybody. Absolutely. So I'm never going to play games with it as myself. I'm never going to trick myself out of position. I'm never going to trick myself into believing something that I don't really want. If I say it, I mean it. If I mean it, I'm going to go get it. Oh, I love that. 
So let's talk about Oregon. How'd you get to Oregon? How did that, I mean, how do you go from being a, a freshman who's just now starting to learn the game of football, really, to freaking Oregon? Like, the, well, while you were there, you guys went to the, the national championship. So not national a little- National championship, Rose Bowl, Fiesta Bowl. Right, like not a small thing. <laughs> yeah, so that journey to Oregon, um, shout out to Ryan Kessman. Uh, that's a kid that went to San Jacinto High School down in uh, San Jacinto, California. Um, I didn't start getting football. I didn't get a scholarship, I believe. It might have been my, I think I had one my junior year. Or my, it might not have been to my senior. I don't remember exactly. You would have to talk to my dad because he <laughs> knows all things about me. Um, but we were playing against a high school, San Jacinto. I believe they had about maybe six or seven guys that was going to Division One. Uh, Ryan being around those guys, he was a running back on their team that Oregon was looking at, and they happened to be at the game in which we were playing each other. Uh, I balled out. I had a great game, had a phenomenal game, ended up winning the game, scored the last touchdown in the game, um, had a brilliant game, had a brilliant game. And then I got my first letter from Oregon, probably a week later. Um, wow. we got my first letter. Um, I didn't commit uh, because my number one school was Arizona State. That's where I wanted to be, and I want to be there because I'm very close to my family. And my brother was living in Phoenix at the time, or living out there in Phoenix. So um, Arizona State was my number one. That's where I wanted to go. That's where I wanted to be. Um, fortunately and thankfully, Arizona State made a mistake. Um, yeah. they tried to, you know, they tried to play me and told me that I had a week to commit to them because they had offered another kid from my area, and he committed. And so they told me, you have a week to commit, or we're going to renege on the scholarship. And I told him, you can take it. (laughs) I don't want it. You know, so once I did that, I took a little bit more time. And um, shout out to Coach Tom Osborne. Um, I'm real big on honesty from coaches. I'm real big on people being real upfront and honest. And everybody up to that point had told me that I could go to college and I could play running back. I could be at the running back position. Coach Osborne was the only person that was recruiting me that told me, you can't play running back. You're too small right now. You're too small right now. Maybe in the future you can, but right now your best bet is to go play defensive back. And I think that's what you'll have uh, a great level of success. And so from that point on, Oregon became my favorite because I'm like, okay, if this guy over at this major division one university is telling me that I can't play running back because of my stature and everybody else is telling me I am, yeah. something's not adding up, you know? And so I took what he said. I, it broke my heart, made me cry. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what made me commit to Oregon, you know, honesty, somebody being real, telling me what I didn't want to hear rather than what I wanted to hear. So right. I get to Oregon in 2008 and shout out to Coach Oz. Wow, that's incredible. And I mean, it's really incredible because anyone listening who's an Oregon fan knows you as one of the best running backs of a generation, you know, like it was funny at the game last weekend I can't even count how many 24 jerseys I see which was your number I mean people are still rocking your jerseys over a decade later like you know (laughs) the love is real for you so like what did you do to be able to like take that criticism we've all been there we've all had those heartbreaking things we're like man I'm so set on this thing that I wanted I've worked my ass off to get it what (laughs) like I can't have the thing that I want like what made you continue through that and how did you continue through that to be one of the best Oregon running backs ever? One thing that my dad and mom always raised me, you have to be able to adapt, you have to be able to change, you have to be able to shift and go. Um, 
And that's what mine, before college, that's what my entire athletic, I've always had to adapt to different situations, different people, different things. And so adapting was never an issue for me. So when he told me I couldn't play running back, okay, well, if I can't be great at running back, I'm going to be great at DB. Mm-hmm. So get to Oregon, learning how to play the deep defensive back spot. I'm learning from Patrick Chung, Walter Thurman, Jarius Bird, Thomas Jackson, Anthony Gildon, uh, TJ Ward. I'm, I'm learning from guys. And so I'm really picking this spot up, really finding my groove in it. And we had an injury the end of – this might have been – we had a bunch of injuries going into spring ball of my redshirt freshman year. And Chip came to me and – one day after practice, I got a pick in practice and I ran it back. And that day he called me to his office and he was like, how do you feel about playing running back? Wow. <laughs> you're like, really? How do you feel about coming to the side of the ball to help us out? We got a lot of injuries. Um, you know, it could be opportunity for you to play. But what got me to actually commit to going to play running back, because I fell in love with defensive back at the time, was Chip told me that I could go both ways. He's ah. like, you spend a little time here, you'll go back there, you'll be there, then you'll come back here. I'm like, okay, absolutely, I'll go both ways, just like high school. Um, but I got over to that side of the ball, and I'm wondering when I'm going back to a defensive back meeting, and John Neal comes to me and tells me, I don't think you're coming back. I said, no. All right, well, <laughs> I'm sorry, you're scoring a few too many touchdowns per game. Yeah. I, you know, we can't pull um, you off that. Yeah, so, um, you know, Chip seeing something in me, Coach, Coach um, wow, Coach Cam seeing something in me as well. Um, enough to want to pull me over there and see what I could do at, do at the running back spot. And luckily, it hadn't been too long since high school, and I yeah. still had a little bit left in me. Um, uh, got to that part of the ball and, you know, made it happen, made, made a way. I love that. Um, and there's such a lesson in there for all of us on, I call it get ready to be ready. So I'm constantly getting ready for the next thing. You know, you never know when that opportunity is going to come through. You never know when you're going to get the call that, you know, had you been sitting around waiting to get ready for the call, you're going to miss the whole opportunity. And so I love that you were out there 100% committed to what was in your lap at the moment. You know, yeah. I'm going to be all in. I'm not going to sit around. I'm not going to cry about it. I'm not going to like whatever. I'm going to be in and do the most, do the best, work the hardest. And lo and behold, your, your dream opportunity, which is what you wanted yeah. in the beginning, yeah. comes knocking back around. I freaking love that so much. And so I want for those of you listening who don't know our connection, um, we go way back now, 2010. Way back, way back like more glass on a Cadillac. Oh my God, you were you were like a child. You were long, you were younger than my son is right now, which is just insane. So right. I have to tell <laughs> I have to tell the story a little bit um, because it's so crazy. People don't believe it. I still kind of don't believe it, um, especially because you guys had just come off of the the big championship game. I think you'd been yeah. back like not even a week or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was my son Kanan's birthday and we had just gone through like so much financial hardship and um, we had lost our house and had flooded just all this stuff. And I just remember as a mom going like, I can't give my kid uh, anything for his birthday. I literally like, I think I had like 25 bucks to my name enough to put gas in the car and drive to Eugene. And I was like, but I, it's, I have to do something. I have to make it like special for him. You know, he's turning eight. Um, and I was in corporate sales at the time. And so, you know, we're really good at like cold calling. Whereas like you'll send an email and, you know, it's a pitch email, right? And so I was like, well, shit. I mean, it works in corporate sales. Like maybe it'll work, you know, <laughs> with a football player. And so I remember I messaged you and I messaged Ed Dixon and I was like, oh, here's, 
here's the story. Like, what if I drive to Eugene, which is a hundred miles each way, um, any chance at all that for five minutes, you'll come out and toss the ball with my son or even just sign it. I don't, I don't even, you know, I, I don't even think I expected you to actually toss the ball with him, but, um, and you're like, yeah, sure. Why not? You know? Um, and I remember I got him in the car and I don't think, uh, he didn't know. Cause I didn't tell him much. I just said, Hey, you know, we're going to go to Eugene. We're going to go on a little drive, um, bring your football with you. <laughs> and we get there and we go out and he's on the grass and both you guys show up and you literally play freaking football with this kid for a good hour. And you guys are just out there laughing. You're tackling him. You're just like having a good old time. And I'm just sitting there going like, this is insane. This is, and, and it was just such a pivotal moment for, for me to believe in possibility. It's going to make me like choked up because there was so much like dark and bad in my life at that time, like to have a magic moment. It was like the first magic moment that we had experienced my son and I in such a long time, you know, and just to like have that. Um, so I'm guessing you remember that day. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I've always, you know, since I was a little kid, uh, I won't name the athlete, but my uncle used to run a pro-am league for basketball and all the pros would come up, all the pros would show it. I remember one of my favorite players happened to be in the stands while I'm there at this game watching. And I'm like, I want to ask him for his autograph. I'm talking to my dad. He's like, go ask him. And so I went over to ask him, and he looked me in my face and said, no. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Okay. Um, he said it in some other words, but. Wow. Said, no. To a kid. Oh, my God. To a kid. Um, to a kid, he said, said no. Um, and it, it changed my perspective on things. And ever since I, that, that moment, I held on to that. Um, and for me, I said to myself that I would never be him. I would never be somebody that someone looks up to. And when the opportunity comes or the chance comes about for a child to meet that person, that I turn them away. I would never be that person. I'm a firm believer now as an adult that God just doesn't bless you to hold on to your blessing. He blesses you to be a blessing to others. Mm. And me being in the spot that I was in at Oregon at that time, it was a blessing for me, you know, because I could have, there's a million different things that could have went wrong in my life. I could have did a whole bunch of other things that took me out of that spot, but it didn't. It kept me there. And so when you reached out, it was, it was a no brainer. It was, okay, yeah, we're going to make this kid birthday happen. Oh my God. Happy. Okay. Yeah, so happy. everybody I have a special guest for you. Whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, so my son, Kanan Rossi, is uh, here with us today, and Kanan, turn your camera on um, and your mic, get him on the show really quick. Um, so Kanan, how is how do you remember that day? Welcome to the show, first of all. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah, it's good to, good to have you What's on. This up, is big man. <laughs> I know it's so good for you guys to, I mean, we have so much more to the story that has come full circle for us ever since then. I and mean, there's so many ways it's come full circle, but um, I'm curious what your memories are of, of that day, Kanan. Do you, do you remember going out there and playing football with those guys? Um, it was a really long time ago. So I don't, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, watching all the videos uh, is really fun just because it's hard to remember memories when you're eight, but yeah. I mean, to keep the pictures that I have uh, through those memories are just something that I keep with me all the time. Yeah. Um, 
you have it on your phone as your screensaver, right? Like the yeah, I do, and it's funny because right there on his wall. So, <laughs> the van at Dixon, and I was like, I was like, oh, can I, I need to get a picture with you to show my mom, and I, I, I forgot I had it on my screensaver. He's like, yo, he's like, you have me on your screensaver. I was like. <laughs> And on there like it it gives me like motivation to keep going um uh just because i was such a young kid and i want to keep you know giving hope to all the younger kids around me yeah it's been it you know we were talking um a little bit about the adversity and you changing up kenyon as uh you know getting that surprise um guess what you're not going to get the position that you want you better be ready for something else and Kanan, you went through something similar as far as like stepping up to play center, even that wasn't what you played in high school, right? So maybe talk a little bit about like what made you want to step up and try something different. It was totally not a position that you were in, but you were willing to like put yourself out there um, and give it a shot. Yeah, so I've actually never played center in my high school career, and that's the only position I play in college, which is funny. Yeah. Um, so actually kind of similar similar to your story, uh, there was a really high recruit for Oregon in my last senior game, and uh, I was playing against him. And oddly enough, there was a recruit at the game watching. Uh, so I was blessed and fortunate enough for him to message me back. And then I got in contact with the offensive line coach and he hit me up and he's like, have you ever played center before? And I was like, I could show you some practice clips. He's like, he's like, oh, it's OK. And I was like, OK, I should probably learn how to snap the ball then. Um, and so when I got. To, to, to camp uh, back in August, I went up to him and I was like, hey, I'm going to play center for you. Like, I, I've i been practicing my snaps. Like, I know the playbook. I know that this is where I'm going to get, like, the most opportunity to play and to take reps because I want to be able to play multiple positions. And so from then on, I've been sticking to center. It's my favorite position. I play both guards and center. I love it. It was a challenge, um, and I think it was for the better. Yeah. It, it's so crazy, like having that adaptability and being being willing to try something new and put yourself out in a scary position. I mean, that was something totally new. And you're at freaking D1. You're at your dream school, Oregon, willing to like, you know, take that take that chance. And I know you have a couple of questions for Kenyon. You have an opportunity. I mean, first of all, I kind of want to ask you, Kenyon, like from your perspective, you've grown up knowing him, right? Like he FaceTimed you on when we, you went to the Oregon uh, camp. Um back in high school. Right. Um, and so what is it, has it meant for you to like grow up with having, you know, people in your life that inspire you? Has it inspired you? Um, it's interesting and fun because it's different because a lot of kids don't have that experience. So it was kind of, it was kind of like, Oh, it's not special to me at the time. But then I, now I realize I was like, Whoa, like that's a really big moment for me. Um, that a lot of different people are influencing my life in a way that I don't even know at the moment, yeah. but it's taking me to my future and uh, for the better. And I just always thought it was so fun to have Oregon athletes, like just you know, <laughs> who I was a huge super fan. So it's, it's cool. Um, and now me being a duck, I know that it's, uh, it's fun for like interact with different kids and stuff. You know you. Yeah. Did you have a question for Kenyon? Yeah. So um when in your life did you feel most successful? That is a great question. Um, <clears throat> when in my life did I feel the most successful? Um, honestly, 
I would say it wasn't until this past year, uh, you know, um, as I've gotten older, I'm grateful for everything that I experienced through sports. I'm grateful for all the ups that I've had, I've the success, the wins, the championship games. I'm beyond grateful for that, but on a grand scale of things, all that stuff really doesn't matter. Um, I felt the most successful in my life when I found myself, um, mm. when I found out who I was, what I was supposed to be, uh, what I'm here for. You know, um, a lot of people go through life spending their life trying to find their purpose, trying to find their why. And um, for me, this past March uh, was the biggest success that I've ever had in my life because I found me um, within God. And that's the most success that I've had um, off the field, on the field, nothing will ever compare to what I what I experienced from March and even here to this point uh, today. Uh, like I said, I'm grateful for everything that I've done in sport. But, you know, you could take all of that away. And when you do, what's left? The only thing that's left is you. So for me to be able to come to a place to where I believe that I found myself, I found out who I am, who I'm supposed to be, um, what I was designed to be, what I was designed to do, that's the, that's the biggest success in my life. That's, I mean, that's incredible. I think like the journey to, to get to know ourselves and to mm-hmm. push past like just our stuff, right. Our, yeah. our fear, our hurt, our baggage, our limitations, um, to really be honest with ourselves, which I think is really hard too. you know, to take a really hard look and then to want to change what, what got you to the place where you wanted to even do that. I think a lot of people are running from it. I've been in a, I've been on a journey since 2019. It started when I was playing for the Falcons at um, the end of that year. Um, but I've been I've been in a pruning process, uh, constantly molding and changing and shifting. And you know, as I was in a space for a long time to where I could be in a room full of people, and I felt alone. Mm. Um, I, I was completely by myself. I could be around my best of friends, but I felt alone. I could be in areas and in environments where I would normally thrive, and I felt like I didn't belong. And so for the past five, six years, I've been going through this process of just really diving in and going through going through life, life, life comes. And as life has came, each trial, each tribulation, each step has forced me to sit down and take a look at myself rather than putting blame on somebody else or trying to find fault in somebody else. I've had to, I've had to deal with me. I've had to sit and be with me. And that's an uncomfortable thing to have to sit and take a look at yourself and, okay, well, why did this happen? Why did this happen? Why didn't this go the way that I wanted to? Why didn't this, why, you know, all these different things from my career to relationships to people, um, I was forced to sit down and take a look at myself. And so once I started doing that and in that, finding myself through, finding myself through what the word says, um, ah, man. Yeah, yeah, it's a whole different level, right? Whole different level. What what helped you get there? So prayer, faith, um, what are some some things that helped you? Heartbreak. Mm, yeah, that'll do it to you, right? <laughs> yeah, um, heartbreak. Honestly, that was that wasn't that was the last piece of the puzzle. Um, 
because mm. I, I went through went through a little heartbreak and I had an opportunity and I don't want to say an opportunity but I had a choice to make to either deal with that heartbreak like I normally would or be something different and change who I am and so that heartbreak triggered the final stages of this change because I sat still and I was quiet um, I waited. I waited to move. I waited to go. I sat and I listened. I read. Um, that 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 was the triggering point that pushed me to run today. Um, that was the last piece of the puzzle because I went. I've like I said, life happens. Um, I've gone through a, in the past five years. I've gone through a lot of stuff. You know, things yeah. that nobody has any idea um, of what I've been going through. Right. Um, but that was the final, that was a final, final little piece to the puzzle for me. I needed that heartbreak to give me a little more, a little it, more. Yeah, it reshapes you, right? Reshapes oh, you. Man, like, it, 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 yeah. yeah. What, um, Kanan, did you have one more uh, question? Yeah. So like as an athlete and someone who was <clears> top <throat> performance and like the master of your craft, um, what, like, how do you how did you separate yourself you know as a person as an athlete as like an individual how do you how do you separate yourself from others first thing um my my drive um i had a drive that was unmatched you know i, I tell kids even to this day i didn't have a summer break until my senior year of college um i didn't know what a summer break was i didn't know what a vacation was right i i knew none of that i i didn't take a break until one of my best friends was getting married and I went to his bachelor party in Vegas, my senior year of college. That was my first time taking a break. I was a kid that when spring break came or we went home uh, for a weekend summer, whatever it was, I was on the phone before I got home. Hey, daddy, can you get me set up for training? As soon as I get home, I need to go train. Um, so my drive and my commitment to myself um, and wanting to be better, wanting to be great, wanting to have a level of success, that's what separated me from a lot of guys because a lot of guys really don't really care. You know, they're, they're happy to be there. They want to be good, but they're not going to put the work in to do it. So for me, it was my drive and my work ethic. And then lastly, you said as a person, it was understanding that my talent would get me in rooms, but my character would keep me there. Ooh, <laughs> write that um, one down, Kanan. That's a good one. <laughs> it, it, was, um, it, was, it was understanding that, again, like I told you earlier, um, understanding that at some point in time, my talent was going to decrease with the age, time, yeah. talent was going to come down. But when it came down, all that was going to be left was me. And was I going to be a person that people wanted to be around? Was I was I going to be a person that people were going to welcome back into rooms with them? Was I going to be a person that coaches would trust me around their teams? Am I, who was I as a person? So it was understanding that don't let my talent get me somewhere that my character can't keep. Uh, understanding that and having that mindset early I've always done and I don't want to say this and come off as if I'm perfect because I did a lot of things at Oregon that could have landed me in a whole lot of trouble I was a kid I lived a kid's right. life I experienced college I did things so I don't want to come off as if I'm just perfect and I did nothing no I did a lot I did a lot of things I just didn't get in trouble for a lot of things that I did I didn't get caught um, but I was always a good kid right I was right. always Good person always had a good heart. My intentions were always pure. Um, so those those would be the two things: my drive, and then understanding that at the end of the day, talent is good. But when that talent is gone, who's left? You and are you somebody that people want to be around? Are you somebody that people want to work with? Are you somebody that people can trust? Um, yeah. So those are the two things for me. 
Oh, I love that so much. And, and I just want to thank you so much for being such a support for Canaan, for myself and, you know, and to see you, I think it was a really big full circle moment, right? Canaan, when he was there for your spring game, first time you ever padded up and played in a game (laughs) in front of 30,000 fans or whatever it was. And, you know, to have Kenyon on the sidelines, it was just, it was insane. Like I couldn't even keep it together the whole game. I was like, Hollywood can't write an ending like this. Uh, I, I, speaking to that before you before you go, I remember Ken was in high school and we had a conversation um, yep. about what he wanted and where he wanted to go. Um, yep. and, and then if you want to go for it, work for it. You know what I'm saying? It's not going to be exactly. easy. Do it. Yep. And then to go full circle for him to be there at his dream school where he desired to be um, and be a guy, um, you know, that's, that's, that's off to you, my guy. <laughs> you um, learn from the best, right, Kanan? Yeah. All right, Kanan, thanks for, thanks for uh, being on and uh, chatting with us. We appreciate it. Uh, so Kenyon, I have to ask you, um, well, I think back to kind of our story of, of how we connected. People always ask me, um, okay, I think I was like, I don't know, 36, 37 at the time, uh, three little kids, you were like 19, 20. They're like, what are you going to learn from a college football player? Like, how how do you become friends? Like, how did that even happen? And I think there was something, I mean, anyone who's watching the video of this, listening to this, you'll hear it too. But watching the video of this, you just feel your aura. Like you feel, I used to always call you sunshine. I was like, sunshine, because you're just like, <laughs> you're a beam of sunshine. And it was such a dark time in my life that every interaction with you was like, vitamin D, (laughs) you know, it was like a ray of sunshine. Um, and so your positive energy just really struck a a nerve with me. And I just remember asking you all these questions about like, how do you visualize, like, what is that all about? You know, and and you'd be like, yeah, I think you told me a story about how you visualize the play, you know, you'd visualize plays happening a certain way and then you'd go out there and they would do it. And I would leave those conversations and just think, why can't I do that in my life? Like, why can't I do that at work or this or that? So talk to me a little bit about your, your mindset that you have, even at such a young age, like where did that positivity come from that strong mindset, that visualization, those type of skills? Um, that goes back to my childhood, honestly. Um, that goes back to my parents. That goes back to my upbringing. Um, that goes out to the foundation in which I stand upon today. Uh, my family, my family, God, uh, without them, I was having, for whatever reason, I've always been a kid that adults came to and poured their stuff. <laughs> you do, you like, have that energy. Yeah, um, I can remember as a child riding to school with my dad, and my dad's just talking to me as if I'm an adult, talking, you know, telling me his issues and everything. Thing. Um, my sister, I, I wasn't married. My sister would come to me talking about marriage and stuff like, you know, I've always been, I don't, I've learned as I've gotten older and through my religion because I am, I am the friend that everybody comes to. I am the yeah. friend that people lean on. I'm the friend that, I'm the strong friend in my group. And not to say that I don't have strong friends, but I'm the strong friend in my group. And you listen. Yeah. yeah. You're a great listener. Um, and so, Understanding that everybody's made uniquely. Um, we all have characteristics and traits that are in us that in that are just that we were blessed with. 
And I believe because of my upbringing and because of what was instilled in me, um, I was designed to be this way. I was, it, it, it was placed in me, uh, my experiences in life, um, what I've seen from other people, what I've heard, what I've done, all of these things have shaped and molded me into the man that I am. And even as a kid, um, my mind, which I've always been a kid that just sat back and listened and observed. And I believe being that way is what helped me get to this place. And even back when I met you, um, being 19, 18, 19 years old, I've always been told I was far ahead of my years. Um, and I believe that I'm an old soul in a young man's body. Mm -hmm. And my upbringing, my family, God, that's um, that's how I've gotten this way. You know, situations and living, you know, you live long enough, you're going to learn things. But it's on you to do with the knowledge that you gain from that, what you choose to do. You can either do yeah. it the right way or the wrong way. And, you know, up to this point, I've done a lot of things wrong, but I've done more things right than I've you done wrong. a lot of things right. You absolutely have. Yeah. I think, like, the, your loyalty and friendship is, um, and I've told you this many times, it, it's amazing. I mean, you were you were a loyal friend to me when really no one else was, and you're the positive influence that you had in my life at a time when I really needed it. I do believe, like, God and the universe bring it into your life the people that you need when you need them and um it's been like incredible to learn from each other i think we both have learned from each other over the last god however long <laughs> um how has it impacted you as a father you know like what is it to be, to be a father to be passing all of this down you know i, I feel i feel lucky um honestly um because of the things that i can instill in my children you know i look at other people with their kids and I look I look at their kids and the way they behave and just different things and I'm grateful um, I'm very grateful and I have, I have beautiful kids my kids and I'm not talking about physically yeah yeah I have I have beautiful children I know a lot of a lot of parents say that about their kids but I anybody who has had the opportunity to come in contact with my kids will tell you I have beautiful children they have their your heart. spirit they have to yeah, yeah they have your spirit um, so parenting for me really has been easy because my kids are so my kids my kids are amazing. You know they yeah. have kids they're gonna be kids they have their moments. But I have I have amazing kids. I have two amazing boys who make my life better. Made me a man um, because without them I honestly don't know what type of man I would have. I, I would have been a good man. I believe that. But but through them and especially through my youngest. Um, you know, kids force you to change. Right. You know, kids, kids show you things about yourself that you don't even realize. You know, I was selfish for a lot of years. I was selfish in a lot of ways. Um, and my youngest child, he's so demanding. He is very <laughs> time and attention and detail and love. Yeah. Uh, you know, so my kids are raising me as I'm raising them. Um, for sure. But, you know, the outlook on life, it makes, it makes parenting much easier. You know, just understanding understanding this world and understanding this society that we live in. Um, it makes it, it just makes, it's easy. Parenting isn't hard for me. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, you deal with different things, but it's not, parenting isn't, parenting isn't a hard thing for me. And my kids, Has my it kid, motivated your change, do you think? Has it motivated all the changes yeah, you know, in the last, like, five years? I want, you know, like my dad would tell me, you know, I slipped and fell so you don't have to. Mm -hmm. um, and, my job as a as a, as a as a father to my kids 
is to try my best to make sure that they don't fall in the same potholes that I fell in. My job as a father is to try and make my kids far better than I could have ever be. And I tell, I tell my youngest boy all the time, you're going to be a much greater man than I ever was because you have me now. Yeah. I didn't, my dad was great, but my dad's reference point and his foundation wasn't what me. My dad didn't have a him. Right. I had yeah. him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so because I had my dad and because I had other father-like figures that came into my life as I got on each stage and God men that poured into me, I am who I am. So now to my to my kids, you're gonna be better than I am. You're gonna be much greater. At, at my son's age now, he is at my at his age now, he's a much better five-year-old than I ever was. He's my my old, he's a much better 10-year-old than I ever was. And I just, I, I, my job is to make them better men and a better man than I could ever be. Yeah, um, a I legacy. Want, yeah, I want my kids to be better than I was. I want my kids to look different, walk different, talk different. I want my kids to experience everything that I didn't get the opportunity to. I want my kids to do things the right way that I did the wrong way. How do you teach them the, the tough skills that, you know, things like determination, drive. Have you seen any of that? I mean, they're really young. They're five and 10, right? But no, um, yeah, yeah, how do you absolutely. teach that when, when like maybe life is a little easier for them than it was for you? You know, your success mm -hmm. has afforded you a little bit of that, but like, mm -hmm. are, how are you instilling those types of values in them so that they don't take life for granted either? You know what I mean? Well, nothing is given, everything is earned. Uh, you know, me and my youngest every Saturday, uh, me and my lady, we go hiking every Saturday and it's about a three mile hike. Um, and I'll send you the video of it. I didn't know if she was recording, but I didn't know she was. Um, but um, we go hiking. It's, it's it's not an easy hike. Um, yeah. My son's my son five. Right. He's not loving it. He's like, I want to quit. I'm done. And, you know, so it's, it's moments where I take him up there and I can be like, no, this is this is a representation of life. Life is going to get hard. Life is going to be an uphill battle at some point in time, but we don't quit. You want to get to the top of this? At the top of it, there's going to be a beautiful view that you're going to get to sit, relax, and enjoy. But in order to get to that view, you got to work. You got to grind. I can't I can't hold your hand and pull you up this hill. I can't carry you through. I can't carry you up this hill because that's not what life is. So these are the things and the opportunities to do sport. I'm, I'm a firm believer that every child should play sport. Every child should yeah. play some form of sport because there's lessons within a sport that you're going to learn far sooner than you will as a, as a person that doesn't play, you know? Uh, oh, absolutely. absolutely. Through, through sport, I, I've, sport has done so much for me and has um, opened my eyes to so much, even about myself, just, you know, different attributes that I use that as much as I can to teach my kids. Yeah, I love that. I love yeah. that. Yeah. What have you, um, so you played for a long time, right? You played for, you won a Super Bowl for three different, on three different teams. Um, mm -hmm. You played for a long time. What is life like now? What is a transition like? What are you passionate about now? Still passionate about ball. Um, I'm, I'm in that space. This This is the first year where it's, yeah, it's going to go one way or the other. So I'm faced with change. I'm faced again with being able to adapt. Um, 
So I still love ball. I still have a desire to play. I still want to play and I still can play. But if football doesn't come, what are you going to do? Right. You know, I'm passionate about kids. I'm passionate about helping. So coaching is something that I'm getting, possibly getting into. Um, you know, You'd be such people. a great coach. You 100% should coach. You know, like 100%. <laughs> everybody says that would be that, a crime if you didn't. It would be like, yeah. you know, you're hurting all those poor kids. Like, <laughs> and that, that's something that I'm starting to believe in. So I'm in, I'm in a space right now to where the same energy that I was giving, working out, preparing myself, getting ready for a season, yeah. I'm now in the process of transitioning to putting my focus there in coaching. Um, got a couple of things going on off the field, um, commercial real estate, um, different different business uh, adventures that I'm into. So I got a couple of things going that I'm passionate about, but for me, my passion has always been kids. My passion yeah. has always, I've always wanted to give back what people have given to me. My career wouldn't have been what it was and I wouldn't have gotten as far as I did had I not had people pour into me like yeah. guys did, like a Jonathan Stewart, a Mike Tober, a D'Angelo Williams, a Steve Smith, a Darren Sproles, a Deuce Staley. The list goes on and on and on of guys and coaches. Fit, Dave Fit, Skip. I can I can keep naming yeah, guys yeah. all day long. But the way that these men poured into me as a young man, I have a desire to give that back to those coming up under me. You know, I want to be able to help guys make that transition from college to the NFL, again, to not fall in the same holes that I've seen guys fall into and make yep. the mistake that I made. Be able to college and high school, or not college, but co yeah, college and professional, that gap between there, you have the opportunity as a coach to impact a young man going into manhood yeah. and, and build something in them that can help them once they become a millionaire. I mean, college is different now. You got millionaires right. now. But you have an opportunity to, to really make an impact, a lasting impact, to make these young men better men. Yep. So that's what passion is. Um, I love that. Everything I've given to me. You should come back to Oregon. Coach in Oregon, full circle. <laughs> you never know. I love it. Never I love know. it. Um, well, tell us a little bit about your shirt because I know you have an apparel company. I love your apparel company. Yes, tell us about it's it. Thing, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, hated apparel. Uh, me and two of my brothers are now, it's three of us now myself, Willie, Jonathan, and Joseph. Me and Joseph and Jonathan, we grew up together. Um, they came to me back in 2018. Hey, we, we think we got something. And uh, they were like, We have, we want to start a clothing line named Hated. Cool, Hated. Yeah. You know. And then they told me the name, uh, having ambition toward everything desired. And I was sold. Um, and so I hopped in with them. And that this clothing brand and what this clothing brand stands for is it, it's it's a it's it's a replica of how we live our lives. You know, and it not just has to do with us, but everybody. Everybody needs ambition. Everybody has to have desire to get what they what they want to accomplish, what they want to achieve. So having ambition toward everything desired is something that my grandmother can relate to, to somebody right up under me in age, to a teenager can relate yep. to. Um, you know, it's a lifestyle, it's a way of life. It's, it's more than a brand. It's a representation of humanity, and what we need in order to get ourselves right in our life. Uh, I love it. And uh, everybody go follow Kenyon on Instagram. Let him know um, how much he's impacted and his story has impacted your life. I know you've definitely impacted ours and thank you so much for always 
just being one of the best humans I've ever come across in my life. I'm so grateful to have you as a friend and um, thank you for, thank you for being here and pouring into all of us today. Thank you. All right, everybody until next time, hustle and thrive. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you got value from today's show, please spread the love by clicking subscribe, leaving a stellar review, and telling everyone you know. And join us next time on The Sarah Centrella Show.